Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The Other Side of Midnight presents The Midnight Files. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. We began the show September 29th, 2021. And one of the things that we try to do on this show is talk a little bit about areas related to the paranormal, to aliens, to mysteries, to the unsolved mysteries that keep so many of us scratching our head. And so I, when... I was getting ready to launch this show, reached out to as many experts in the field of UFOs and UAPs that I could find. And I was the one of the first people that I reached out to was a fellow named Timothy Green Beckley. My relationship with Timothy Green Beckley was game changing. Not only was he one of the first in-studio guests that I had in for an entire hour talking about all sorts of stuff related to aliens, extraterrestrial space, and the like, but Timothy Green Beckley was not just a writer himself and a guy that really loved radio, but he was also a publisher of all sorts of other terrific books on this subject, and he introduced me to dozens of other writers who were experts on this subject. Now, unfortunately, last year, Tim Beckley passed away. His legacy continues. A lot of the great work that he's written over the years continues. And I'm sorry uh, that he passed away prior to broader disclosure of what we know about what's happening with UFOs. However, one of the gentlemen that he introduced me to was Tim Swartz, an Emmy Award-winning television producer and videographer. He's off, an author in his own right of all sorts of books, including the, Tim Swartz's big book of incredible alien encounters. But Tim Swartz has sort of taken it upon himself, along with one or two other folks, the legacy of Tim Beckley, and he's sort of picked up the ball and run with it from where Tim Beckley left it left us when he died far too soon. And I am thrilled that Tim Swartz is kind enough to join me on the radio this morning. 
Hello, Tim. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Frank. It's a real pleasure talking with you tonight. So, uh, Tim, for the uninitiated who maybe didn't hear my previous conversations with Tim Beckley over the years, what do we know? I mean, what can you tell folks about Tim Beckley and his legacy? Sure. Well, you know, uh, Tim Beckley, also known as Mr. UFO, that was something that uh, uh, the members of the rock group KISS had uh, uh, put upon him, and he happily uh, claimed that uh, you know he uh, he loved the subject of uh, of, of UFOs and uh, loved to talk about it, and uh, you know I don't think that there was a day that went by that uh, he wouldn't call me on the phone. We'd have uh, uh, long discussions about the subject as as well as uh, you know what kind of books we were going to be putting out and 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 things like that. But I mean you know ever since he was a kid. And uh, he and his family had a UFO uh, encounter uh, from the front por- porch of their house in uh, New Jersey that, uh, you know, he uh, he became interested in the subject and uh, got to know a lot of the uh, uh, faces and other people who were involved in uh, UFO research. And uh, I mean, right up to the time that uh, that he died in uh, Memorial Day weekend last year. I mean, he was uh, he was still actively involved in the field. When we're talking with Tim Swartz. You can also check out his website at conspiracyjournal.com. There's a lot of great articles on there, a lot of great links to other information on there as well. So he was working on a book at the time of his passing, which you have now finished. It's Is it called Dolce Warriors? Dulce. Dulce, Dulce Warriors. Warriors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and, tell, uh, tell us about why you thought this was such an important piece of work and you felt the need to pick up where Tim left off. Yeah, well, I mean, it uh, it technically would have been uh, Tim's last book, and I mean, you know, he he wrote and published, you know, maybe, gosh, you know, uh, three to five hundred books in his lifetime. That's a that's a lot of books. Yeah, I mean, you know, you yeah, you know, I mean, there are some people that they struggle to get one out, but uh, you know, we we worked every day. Uh, putting new books out. And and Tim was the type of guy that uh, he would have not just one, maybe two or three books working at the same time uh, to be put out. So uh, when uh, uh, when he passed away, uh, he was uh, my, him, myself, uh, a guy by the name of Sean Castile, and, uh, and, and others were working on uh, Dulcie Warriors. And Tim had pretty much completed the chapters that that he was going to write and had come up with a list of uh, what chapters would be then for, you know, from from other people, myself, Sean, the other writers that he brought in to do this book. So uh, uh, he had distributed what uh, what was going to happen next to the rest of us, and then he died. And so, I mean, it took us a little longer than than we normally did, but we were able to uh, put his chapters together, you know, clean it up because, I mean, you know, I mean, he he had a stream of consciousness style of writing. And, uh, you know, we cleaned everything up, put it all together, got the illustrations uh, uh, together and uh, uh, finally got the uh, the book published. And and I think, you know, it's it's a book that I think that – 
that Tim would really be really be proud of. I mean, if there's going to be a book that was going to be his final book, you know, I think Dulce Warriors uh, pretty much completes that. So you spend a fair amount of time in Dulce Warriors talking about a secret underground base. Where is the secret underground base to the extent that we know and, and what's it all about? Well, allegedly, and you know, I'm going to have to put that in there. Uh, it, it, it was. It's supposed to be in a mountain uh, uh, on the north side of a town called Dulce in New Mexico. Now, Dulce is about uh, 200 miles north of Albuquerque, and sets right on the uh, New Mexico-Colorado border. And supposedly, in the mountainside. Uh, and, and there are several locations that, you know, people have claimed that this, this hidden underground base is, but, uh, the, the, the main focus seems to be on a place called the Arcoleta Mesa. And, uh, this base is supposed to be about a mile underground, uh, about seven stories, maybe about, uh, total circumference of about uh, uh, four miles, you know, a pretty, pretty big location. And uh, according to the stories that have been uh, distributed by uh, various uh, personalities, they, you know, those are the Dulcy warriors that uh, Tim referred to that uh, this base was a, uh, uh, manned by both the United States military and various extraterrestrial forces that uh, uh, supposedly had been uh, uh, had a treaty with the United States, maybe as far back as the uh, the early 1950s, with uh, starting with uh, President Eisenhower. So this base was or is a collaboration between extraterrestrial species and representatives of the American government? That's the, yeah, that's, that's the way the story goes. And uh, this, uh, this came about from a, uh, a scientist uh, in Albuquerque, a guy by the name of Paul Benowitz, who uh, he had a, uh, a business called uh, Thunder Scientific and his house sat right next to Kirtland Air Force Base and uh, uh, he could uh, go out on the, the balcony on his second floor, and it looked over Kirtland Air Force Base, which, you know, which is a really big base, by the way. I mean, you know, it's you know, it's huge. It's maybe you know, eighty miles in circumference, and uh, you've got like Sandia Laboratories. It used to be uh, the uh, had a a big nuclear depository there. I'm not quite sure offhand if it's uh, still there or not. But at the time, uh, this would have been around, you know, 1978, 79, uh, Benowitz was seeing uh, strange lights uh, flying over the base, uh, lights that to him look like uh, what we would call uh, UFOs or now uh, UAPs. And uh, so he started taking, you know, pictures and film, you know, he he had some really good cameras and some good film cameras. And so he uh, he contacted the base. and He says, hey, I've uh, some strange things going on. I see over the mountains around your base. You know, uh, do you want me to keep doing this or, you know, uh, I've got uh, uh, like a. a 
antennas pointed at him when I'm picking up uh, strange transmissions. You know, what's uh, what's going on? Uh, and uh, they actually invited, the Air Force actually invited him uh, to come over and uh, and to do a presentation. And uh, then they uh, they said, you know, we're we're interested in, in what's going on here. So why don't you uh, why don't you keep doing? And uh, we're going to give you one of our special agents, a guy by the name of uh, uh, of Doty, who is uh, going to uh, help you out with this. And from this came the story of uh, Dulce Base. We're talking with Tim Swartz. He's the author or the co-author of uh, Dulce Warriors. Is the best way for people to get the book, Tim, to go to conspiracyjournal.com, to look on Amazon, any suggestion for how people should pick up the book if they're interested in it? Yeah, probably the best way would be to go to Amazon.com and just uh, you know type in Dulce Warriors or uh, Timmy the Green Beckley, Tim Swartz, you know the the book and all the others that uh, that we've written over the years will uh, will pop up. Now you alluded, you began the description of the Dulce base by saying allegedly, and uh, you've talked about this um, this testimony from uh, Mr. Benowitz. Is there other other evidence to corroborate what Mr. Benowitz is saying, or is the totality of what we know about this Dulce base only from this one individual? The initial story came from Benowitz, and he was actually um, fed this story by this uh, uh, Air Force uh, special agent guy by the name of Richard Doty. Now, uh, what has uh, come forward over the years is that there is a possibility that uh, Benevich was actually seen some kind or maybe a number of different kinds of uh, top secret black budget projects that was going on at, uh, at the base. And that uh, using his scientific knowledge, especially with uh, how he was receiving uh, radio transmissions from these alleged UFOs, uh, got the Air Force worried that uh, he was privy or had made himself privy to this uh, top secret research. And that, uh, first of all, he, uh, he may reveal too much to the public or worst of all, that he may end up being targeted by uh, uh, foreign spies who were uh, always looking for, you know, information along these lines. So, you know, supposedly uh, he was put into uh, what was called a disinformation campaign that was uh, to uh, uh, dissuade him from uh, uh, thinking that this was uh, Air Force type of stuff going on and instead... It was aliens. Now, you have to remember that uh, disinformation means that you're being fed uh, a little bit of truth, a little bit of, you know, fake stuff, and uh, you know, just just kind of to uh, blur the waters or, you know, uh, muddy the waters, uh, so to speak. Uh, and, and one of the things that came out was that there was this, uh, this secret underground base at uh, Dulce, New Mexico, that was uh, chock full of uh, uh, military and aliens and that they were doing all kinds of uh, horrible 
genetic research, kidnapping, you know, abducting people from across the uh, uh, the country, taking them to this base, uh, torturing them, all kinds of horrible things. Uh, so, you know, Benowitz uh, took this and, and he ran with it naturally. I mean, you know, you've got a guy here who was a real patriot. I mean, he fought in World War II. Uh, he, you know, he worked uh, you know, his his company actually, you know, supplied all kinds of electronics for uh, NASA and, you know, and the Air Force. So, I mean, you know, he was a guy that, you know, if they if they told him that there were aliens in his basement, he was going to believe it. And uh, which, you know, that's kind of the unfortunate thing, because, you know, you had this guy who was all too all too willing to uh, work with the government, but instead they kind of made him a, a, an example. So, so of what, him. what what ultimately became of him beyond this sort of uh, brainwashing disinformation campaign? What right. became of him after that? Well, um, uh, he became extremely paranoid, and uh, uh, he he started uh, to think that uh, the aliens were. Uh, uh, were out to get him, uh, out to get him and to get others. And, and of course, uh, the people like uh, Dodi and the NSA, the NSA got involved too. They actually uh, set up in a house across the street uh, from where Benowitz lived and uh, uh, gave him a computer saying that, hey, this is a computer that uh, if you go and uh, enter all of this, uh, these radio transmissions that you are picking up, uh, it may be able to uh, translate the alien messages. And sure enough, uh, that's what happened. And uh, so, you know, Benowitz got to the point where his family decided that uh, that maybe they should uh, 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 have him institutionalized for a while. So there were a couple of times that uh, that he was he was sent away. Uh, given uh, medical treatment and and sent back home. Ultimately, in uh, 2003, he committed suicide. Mm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, through uh, through most of the 80s and 90s, uh, Paul Benowitz uh, uh, worked uh, ex- extremely hard and and with others who who kind of came out of the woodwork with uh, similar stories on. Um, how the Dulce base was real and that there were clandestine things going on there with uh, uh, the help of uh, the United States military and uh, various extraterrestrial races. In terms of uh, in, in terms of Benowich uh, talking about this, I mean, given everything that he went through, is he the best source of information, given that he was troubled, was institutionalized, and ultimately was so troubled that he killed himself? Right. The Dulce Warriors are a lot of the other people who uh, who came forward with uh, with their stories, uh, I- including Benowitz. You know, you had uh, uh, people like uh, like John Lear Jr. Who uh, actually was a pilot for the uh, the CIA in his uh, younger days, and of course, you know, his father was uh, famous for you know the whole uh, Lear jet uh, thing. So you know, you got you got John Lear, uh, and uh, uh, and then you know he had a friend, a guy by the name of uh, Bill Cooper, 
who uh, became uh, uh, famous with uh, a book that he wrote called Beyond a Pale Horse. And uh, uh, both of these guys came forward and uh, and said, "Yeah, the uh, the whole uh, Dulce Base mm-hmm. thing is a is a reality." And in fact, uh, they used one of the earliest uh, uh, computer bulletin boards that was uh, up on I think it was CompuServe. You know, if anybody, sure, you know, CompuServe. I yeah, I mean that that was out there before uh, AOL, which is one of the first. And uh, you know, if you if you had the uh, the right kind of connection you could uh, get into this bulletin board and and download this this tons of information that had been ama- available to people like you know Benevich and, and and John Lear that went into just really excruciating details on what was going on not only at Dulce but some of these other places uh, uh, that uh, allegedly uh, were involved with this uh, this treaty between uh, alien races and and the the United States uh, government, and you know you have to remember that the uh, the alleged Dulce base was uh, out there. The information was out there before anybody had even heard of, say, Area Fifty One. So it's really interesting because a lot of the same stories that would later come out. Uh, about Area 51, mm. you know, that it was a location where crashed UFOs were taken and were being studied, stuff like that, first came out uh, about the Dulce base. Um, you know, I would think if this base is a collaboration between extraterrestrial uh, species, varying species, and Earth, that it would be bigger than just the U.S. government. To the best of your knowledge, is it just Americans that are collaborating with the extraterrestrials at this base, or does it include representatives from other governments as well? There, um, uh, some of the stories that came out uh, did say that that there were other countries involved. Uh, uh, most of the major superpowers, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, was being said was that the whole. Uh, uh, Cold War scenario was was just a cover because hmm. you know all the all the country, United States the, then the Soviet Union you know China and especially you know like Great Britain France you know countries like that uh, uh, you know were were involved with this but apparently you know at various points. Naturally, I, I suppose people being people, that uh, you know, there there were arguments, and that uh, say, like the uh, Soviet Union would be banned for a while, or you know, the uh, Great Britain wouldn't be allowed uh, to come over and and, and help anymore. Uh, but uh, the the main emphasis always seemed to be was that it was uh, uh, mostly the United States. That was involved because we were the first, the United States was the first that had been approached uh, by these uh, uh, alien races because of the crash of a ship at Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, and, and you see this, this, they had also, they brought in, they were one of the first to bring in the whole Roswell, New Mexico mythology. And you have to remember, this was taking place initially around 1979 when most people had never even heard of Roswell. Yet uh, here the Air Force was uh, releasing to Paul Benowitz, 
you know, the, these stories that there was a, a craft that crashed and that they recovered alien bodies and at some point were contacted uh, by the, uh, not survivors, but I suppose companions of uh, whoever uh, this, uh, the Roswell crash and others, you know, the Roswell crash wasn't the only one. Uh, apparently at this time, uh, these stories are saying that uh, these these craft were crashing all over the place and that uh, Jim, so, you know they I, I'm, I'm gonna have to have you back in the future but my last question for today is do we think that this base is still in existence and operational or do we think this is not something that's going on at the moment yeah i don't think it's something that that's going on at the moment uh there, there's been talk that uh operations had been moved to uh, uh area 51 and then to uh utah uh the, i think it was the the dugway proving grounds in in utah you know this is something that uh i suppose to uh draw attention away uh from what's really going mm. on that you know it it it's mobile it it moves around to, to various locations so you know if we're talking about uh, a utah location now it's probably moved someplace interesting else. well it's a fascinating theory and uh, if people are interested in learning more about it they should check out the book dulce warriors by Tim Swartz and uh, Timothy Green Beckley get it on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Tim, I always appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, and I hope we can do it again soon. There's uh, a wide variety of subjects that uh, I'd love to pick your brain on, from Antarctica to Nikola Tesla, and I'll look forward to our next conversation. Hey, thanks, Frank. I appreciate you having me on tonight. I hope your audience uh, enjoyed this as well. Thank you. Uh, if you want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call, 800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Your call's straight ahead. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.